What do you get when you combine a genius, macho Australian, a loose cannon, and a guy who wants to be a detective? Well, if they're all animals with high-pitched voices, then you get ch 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 chip and Rescue Rangers. <laughs> so that's right. Today, on Toon Lord Done Right, we're going to dive into the Disney afternoon classic, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. A podcast where I take a moment to give you a quick lesson on a film, TV show, character, or concept in animation. You can call me Dave the Tutor, and I'll handle your lesson for today. If you like nerdy, blurdy, cartoon, anime, and pop culture stuff, both old and new, then you're in the right place. And since you're here, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at ToonLordDR. You can also support me on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash ToonLordDR to become a part of the Toon Laureate Study Group. And you'll get a digital certificate for signing up. And while we're here, I want to give a shout out to all of the patrons who can get additional episodes and access to the Discord community. Thanks to everyone who has been listening to and sharing the podcast. Um, we also have a new website. All you have to do is go to ToonLordDR.com and it'll have access to all of our previous and new episodes. Now, with that being said, let's check your syllabus, pull out your notepads, and let's jump straight into the subject overview. According to the Disney fandom, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is an American animated series produced by Walt Disney Television Animation and created by Tad Stones and Alan Zaslow. The series aired its first episode on August 27, 1988, and then premiered on the Disney Channel on March 4, 1989. It technically premiered with a two-hour movie, Rescue Rangers to the Rescue, which was later broken up into a five-part series of episodes that opened season two of the show, but more about that later. In 1990, it became a part of the Disney Afternoon lineup, where it aired until the fall of 1993. It has been credited also with setting up the Disney Renaissance era along several other animated TV series at the time. During the series 65 episode run, Chip and Dale, along with their crew, have formed a detective agency. In their classic shorts, Chip and Dale were both troublemakers with very little distinguishing their personalities. However, in this series, the difference between them became more pronounced, with Chip becoming more serious and Dale becoming more aloof and a reluctant hero. The duo have gone through a number of iterations, including the latest French-American animated series called Chip and Dale Park Life that released on Disney Plus in late July, and then the upcoming live-action and animated hybrid coming later this year starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg voicing Chip and Dale respectively. At the time of this recording, there's still not much known about the live-action Rescue Rangers adaptation, so today we will focus mainly on their time as 2D animated cartoons. Now that we have the proper framework, let's hop straight into the Toon Lore 101. Like I mentioned before, the series was developed by Tad Stone, and according to the Disney fandom, Chip and Dale were originally not even supposed to be a part of the show. 
While the supporting cast stayed mostly the same, the lead character was supposed to be an Indiana Jones type of character named Kit Colby, complete with the fedora and everything. While some original sketches of Kit do still exist around the internet, I didn't find much more information about him. However, it does seem like aspects of his character and name were split into different characters like Kit Cloud Kicker from Tailspin and Sir Colby. If you know a little bit more about the history of Kit Colby, hit me up, toonlorddr at gmail.com. Well, in any case, in a meeting with Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg, Cloud Kicker was ousted in favor of our beloved chipmunk duo in order to give the show some established Disney energy, which seemed to be a great move for the show and the characters. This newer iteration of them were much more vocal than they were in the past, along with stellar voice actors like Tress McNeil and Corey Burton, more on them later. <laughs> the theme song as well, also performed by the Jets and written by Mark Mueller, an award-winning songwriter that also wrote the original song for DuckTales. Woo! To give a bit of historical context, the Disney Afternoon started with the Adventures of the Gummy Bears and it was originally sold to NBC. However, in 1989, when the Rescue Rangers and DuckTales were released, Disney bought a TV station in L.A. and opted to air all of their shows, including Tailspin, on its newly acquired station. Then, as time moved on, new shows like Darkwing Duck were added. As you can imagine, this did not go over well with the networks that Disney had partnered with in the past and resulted in some breach of contracts, which ultimately gave rise to the Fox Kids Network. While it's not a one-to-one -one comparison, this is almost like, well, it kind of reminds me of the Nintendo and Sony situation in the early 90s. And so for anyone who is not a game nerd like me, in the 1990s, uh, Sony originally tried to partner with Nintendo to create what we now know as the Super NES, but it would have had a CD drive. However, when Nintendo backed out of the deal late in the design phase, Sony took the knowledge they gained and created the PlayStation. So if you look it up, you can still find some images of the Nintendo PlayStation, but don't think you can get your hands on them at all though. They were like only 200 that were ever made, and a few years back, one sold for like $360,000. So unless you're a video game museum, good luck trying to get your hands on one. Anywho, back on topic. All of the shows that I just named, so Tailspin, Gummy Bears, Darkwing Duck, Rescue Rangers, along with others like Goof Troop, Bonkers, and Gargoyles, all get a pseudo second life in the 2017 DuckTales reboot as well. The Rescue Rangers even get a new origin story that is spread across multiple episodes in season three. Now, while we're on the topic of DuckTales, as just kind of a side note, y'all know I go on tangents, <laughs> the 2017 DuckTales reboot has quickly become one of my favorite animated shows in recent memory, but you'll hear more about them in a later podcast. Back to Chip and Dale. Like most of the Disney afternoon shows, the world of the Rescue Rangers, along with its cast of characters, have come together to give viewers like you a vibrant and unique experience. Speaking of characters, we have a dope lineup of voice talent, starting off with Chip, you know, with the black nose, who is the slightly more serious of our dynamic duo and acts more or less like the leader of the bunch. He often argues with Dale for being too laid back, but ultimately finds a way to keep the team together. 
voiced by Teresa Claire McNeil, who you will also know as the voice of Gadget that we'll talk about a little bit later on, and also the voice of the iconic Daisy Duck. Now, as a kid, I didn't realize that Chip was played by a woman, but looking back on it, I can definitely believe it. If we take a clip from the show and slow it down a little bit, it becomes really clear that not only is Chip's voice a woman, but it's also clear that it is the voice of Daisy Duck. Now, moving on to Dale, like I mentioned before, he is the laid-back and fun-loving member of the group. He loves pranks, reading comic books, and just all-around relaxing. While he opposes any real work, he does always rise to the challenge, even if it was his mistake that got him into trouble in the first place. Voiced by Corey Burton, you may recognize his voice as Ludwig von Drake and Count Dooku from the Clone Wars animated series, or as the voice of Yin Sid. Now, next, we have Monterey Jack. He is the muscle with a mustache that has a severe, and I mean severe, cheese addiction. He's a mouse with an Australian accent. He was a seafarer before joining the Rangers. Always on the hunt for cheese, he and Zipper, his fly companion, traveled the world. In season one, he was voiced by Peter Cullen, who you may know as the voice of Eeyore and Optimus Prime. But in season two and three, he was voiced by Jim Cummings, who you may know as Darkwing Duck, Bonkers, Fat Cat, Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger. Now, Zipper, as I kind of mentioned before, is a fly with a red sweater, and he's kind of the sidekick to Monterey Jack. He speaks with buzzing and squeaking noises and is also voiced by Corey Burton. Now, Gadget, who we know is voiced by Teresa Claire McNeil, is a female mouse mechanic with blonde hair. She's kind of like the MacGyver of the group since she can invent almost anything out of spare parts laying around. She's also the creator of the Rescue Rangers airship, and of all of the Rangers so far, I really like her origin reboot the best in the new DuckTales reboot. Now, as for the villains, we have characters like the ferocious feline Fat Cat. He got a great introduction in the Rescue Rangers movie that was, of course, split into five parts for the TV show. Uh, Fat Cat acts as one of the main antagonists of the series. Also voiced by Jim Cummings, Fat Cat more or less runs the animal crime world. When around humans, he acts like a normal cat, but when in the presence of other animals, he wears a purple business suit and likes to surround himself with expensive things. His schemes are usually elaborate and due in part to the incompetence of his crew, the complexity of his plans usually marks his own downfall. Then we have other major villains like Professor Norton Numnil. Also voiced by Jim Cummings, he is a mad scientist who constantly wants to prove his worth. His plans often fail because they are extremely convoluted and he wants to be seen as not the butt of a joke. And that often drives him to make his major mistakes. And then we have some minor villains like the Siamese twin gang that, if I'm being honest, did not age well. So if you look at episode 14, when we see some of the Chinese stereotypes come to light that are akin to what we see in the Aristocats, but to Disney's credit, kind of, I guess before you watch this episode on Disney Plus, there is an unskippable disclaimer that comes up that says, quote, This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. 
Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. For more information, visit Disney.com slash stories matter. So with all that in mind, what are my thoughts on this? Stay tuned for The Hookshot to hear a little bit more about it. Now we've come to the portion of the show that I like to call The Hookshot. This is where I watch some or all of the show or film at hand. And if I'm hooked, I'll let you know if you should give it a shot. Think of it as my mini review. Now, in these mini reviews, I don't really like to give numbers or letters for them. So my rating system will be skip it, try it, watch it or binge it. And if you want to know a little bit more about my rating system, go check out my episode on Cannon Busters to get a full breakdown of how I like to analyze shows. Now, I grew up on shows like this and others on the Disney Afternoon lineup, and I remember them fondly. After going back to Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney+, Plus, it still holds up, and it still holds most of its charm. Watching it from the beginning was a bit weird, though, because of how the first episode kind of really throws you into the action, which, as a kid, wasn't really a big deal. I was used to watching shows all out of order, so I was used to kind of putting all the pieces together. Now, kind of like how the original Teen Titans took little time to introduce the characters in any traditional way, that's how it seems like Chip and Dale did. However, now knowing that the true pilot started off as a movie that was broken up into five episodes and then placed as the premiere of season two, it may be best for you to start watching at episode 13 called The Rescue Rangers to the Rescue Part 1. This episode gives proper introductions to Chip and Dale as well as Fat Cat. Chip and Dale actually get some tips on how to become and how to do detective work and it acts as a fairly solid origin for them in a plot that spans beyond a single episode. They even slowly introduce you to the rest of the crew unlike the actual episode one that kind of just throws you into the mix and doesn't really endear you to any of the characters. If you or your kiddos watch straight from the beginning, it may be weird seeing the crew together from the beginning without knowing their full dynamics, or it could be totally fine since, like I said, I didn't really have any problems with it as a kid. All in all, I still think that it's a good show. It has good writing, great characters, and the team dynamic is honestly pretty dope when you watch it in the proper order. The animation is great, even though the theme song doesn't thump quite as hard as DuckTales, it's still pretty catchy. Aside from the weird episode placement, it makes for a good watching experience that I think the entire family honestly would enjoy. So with all of that in mind, on a scale of skip it to binge it, I'll give Chippendale Rescue Rangers the TLDR rating of watch it. With the caveat that you should watch episode 13 through 17 first and then restart at episode 2 to continue. I know that it completely skips episode 1, but trust me, It'll flow much better if you do it this way. Now, before I let you go, I want to take you to the part of the show that I like to call the blacklight. Here, I scour the farthest and darkest corners of the internet to showcase a piece of work or an artist that has piqued my interest. 
Today, I want to highlight Karima, aka The Blurred Girl. And you can follow her on Instagram at The Blurred Girl. And that's at T-H-E-B-L-E-R-D-G-U-R-L. And you can look for her on Twitter with the same handle as well. She is a culture journalist and all-around geek that goes out of her way to amplify Black voices. She is an amazing writer and speaker. And if you don't already follow her, then you are missing out. I highly recommend that you check her out right after you like, share, and subscribe to Tune Lore Done Right. For those of you who join uh, the Patreon, I keep a full list of each and every artist that I mention in the Blacklight. Long story short, Karima is dope, and you should go check her out. With all that being said, this has been Tune Lore Done Right. And don't forget to like, share, review, comment, and subscribe. I can't wait to see what new people we can reach. You can make suggestions on future episodes by joining the Patreon and hit me up on Instagram and on Twitter at ToonLoreDR. You can also check out the new website, ToonLoreDR.com. So, until the next time I can give you the TLDR on a film, TV show, character, or concept in animation, it's been real. <laughs>